welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We're coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Paul Aguilar. And uh, you guys can go ahead and please follow us on Twitter. You guys can find us there at Defender Podcast, as well as Instagram at Truth Defender Podcast. Um, if you guys also have any kind of questions or guests or, rec- or topic recommendations, you can go ahead and email us at uh, thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Um, and without further ado, we have our next guest coming up, uh, Tony and Ingrid Durant of Sasquatch Journey uh, are happily married couple who were both fans of the Bigfoot TV series uh, while searching through YouTube for similar shows they found channels that featured structures much like Tony had seen while hiking the Rockies uh, thinking this would be a way to get off the couch on the weekends they went back to these areas and so began their Sasquatch journey if you guys haven't come across their YouTube channel before you guys should definitely check it out um, they also have a Facebook page uh, titled for journey, uh, Sasquatch journey as well. I'm sorry. Um, can you guys please let them know where they can find you? Uh, um, maybe like on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, Twitter, it's Sasquatch Journ One. Okay. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Um, okay. They're both under Sasquatch Journey, Sasquatch. and then YouTube channel is Sasquatch Journey. Keep things right. simple. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so you guys put that together back in 2011. Was that right? Something like Actually, that. Yeah, the the YouTube channel was the first thing we put it together back in uh, August of 2018. Okay. Uh, okay. I had another video on there back from 2011, but that's when uh, that was my fishing journey. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, uh, no worries. Yeah. yeah, you can watch that video, but it won't make any sense to anybody who doesn't know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a tribute to a fellow fisherman that we oh. put together and just put on youtube for our fishing forum that we had okay on. he always wanted to be a calendar girl so that's <laughs> <laughs> and there you go yeah absolutely yeah so i guess um like it's the first time you guys were out there really trying to look for sasquatch when you know was did that come because you guys were just out there hiking and you just kind of noticed what was going on out there or did you guys have any kind of interest in, in sasquatch before that yeah actually We've always, both of us have always had an interest in Sasquatch. Right. Uh, we used to watch the show Finding Bigfoot, even though we knew that it was Hollywood. Right. Uh, kind of fell in love with Bobo and, and Cliff. And and then when they canceled the show, yeah. <laughs> kind of going through DTs and stuff. So went on YouTube and was looking for back episodes. Right. Uh, but on YouTube, all these other sites started popping up with the structures and the different research and stuff and so I started watching those off on my own and there was one one channel from right here in Colorado and the structures that he was showing we had never seen anything on tree structures before right and so I called Ingrid over and I said look at this stuff I've seen this before when out hiking and camping and she asked where, and I told her, and so I told her, I said, we'll go up there and just give it a, a look-see and see what happens, and that, that started the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, so out here, so like, like I mentioned before, I'm sitting here in Dallas, Texas, so we don't really have any kind of mountain 
ranges whatsoever. It's just all flat area. Um, so we don't really get too many stories about Sasquatch or Bigfoot or whatever that I've ever heard of. I'm originally from West Texas in El Paso, but uh, so there's definitely nothing that I can recall ever hearing growing up or any kind of stories around here. Unless you go to like the border of Louisiana and Texas, then you kind of hear more of that. Um, but you guys are right there by the Rockies. So you guys climb up and down them mountain ranges every, you know, every weekend. So, I mean, that would be like the main spots where you would, you know, you would find all of that. Um, but like I said, we don't have anything that I can ever recall growing up around here. You just hear kind of stories like out in the desert of like weird creatures, things like that. But um, not, nothing about Sasquatch or any kind of Bigfoot related stories. Now, obviously you go more up north um, and you hear, you know, all these, all these different stories and stuff like that. Um, but I've never been Sasquatch hunting. I've never seen anything kind of closely related to any of that, which is kind of a bummer because I would really love to go out there and see, you know, not hope that I can see one. I mean, obviously that would be like the biggest thing, but just to kind of go out there and hunting and looking around for things, um, that would be pretty awesome. So you guys have your spot out there. Um, we won't say where it is, obviously, but is, do you guys just kind of hike the same areas mostly, or do you guys kind of expand the area a little more? How's that come lately? We've actually got a few areas. We didn't want to just go to one area and start finding all this stuff that looked out of the normal. We wanted to expand to go to other areas to see if it uh, broadened the research any. Right. And what we did find is about, what, three different areas that we usually go to. We, we're finding the same stuff. And what's funny is that uh, we watch other researchers' channels, and from Pennsylvania to Montana to California to even East Texas, they're finding all the exact same stuff that we're finding right here in Colorado. And we generally hike off trail. I mean, we'll follow a trail for like the first 10th of a mile and then we will break completely off trail. Yeah. We're bushwhacking it from <laughs> on the word go. And at our age, it's a little bit tough. No, yeah. 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 We look at each other and like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Definitely going up those hills. It's rough out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you guys go out there? I mean, I see you guys out there during the day. Do you guys go out there at night at all? Or do you, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, at nighttime, what we do is uh, on camping trips. Okay. We'll pick, like, in, in the area that we're at now, we've got basically three areas. We've stayed in this area where, like, we uh, is our main area where we went yesterday. We've stayed there a couple times now. And... Uh, just start a, a, a fire or something or sit outside in the lights. Because they're curious. They'll come to you. They come to right. you. You right. don't have to call them. These guys that go out and do the, the calls and stuff, that's just basically, some of them are pretty hokey. Right. But, but <laughs> the, the other researchers that we do go out with, uh, they'll do a couple calls just to let them know that they're there. Right. Uh, even though they know they're there, uh, it's to let them know who you are that's there. Uh, and then from there, they'll they'll come in. They'll say, "Oh, James is back," you know. Right, so right. let's go down and see. <laughs> give them give them a call back and 
just curious to see, they're, they're curious to see what we're doing as much as we're curious to find the truth about them. Right. So that's what we do. Just, we don't go hiking at night. No. Not, no, yeah. Here no. in the high Rockies, there's too many things out there like mountain lions. And right. Even though in Colorado, we only have black bears, mm. the male black bears can still be pretty vicious sometimes. Yeah, we don't want to invite yeah, we don't want to go looking for more trouble than we can handle. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah, we get caught up in those bears out there. Not, uh-huh. it's 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 um. So I guess it's more like you mentioned. They know that you're out there. You know, do you? I remember hearing you guys speak about how they kind of trail you when you're walking out there. Maybe they're walking alongside you, like in the in the trees, things like that. Um, do you do you hear like them calling out to each other like in the distance or do you hear grunting stuff like that when, when you guys are out there we have oh yeah uh sometimes when we're we'll be walking our trail right and it's, we instantly get a vibe that something we're being watched everybody right. gets that vibe you're being watched and the spider sense goes off <laughs> yeah. right right well this this spidey sense is a little right. different because it's a friendly vibe uh and as you're walking you'll hear something off in the distance walking also and right. making noise but then when you stop it stops and we thought, okay, it's just the echo from our own steps. So we've kind of did something different in our steps and stuff. Right. And the steps that we're hearing doesn't match what we're doing. So we know it's something different. But then when you hear like a stick break and from up on the hill and we didn't step on any sticks. And then we know that our senses are pretty correct so yeah, there's something and, there and then there was we got total proof that we were paralleled one time when tony got hit in the back with a snowball <laughs> yeah and there was nobody around dead quiet i mean there was no snow in the trees this was a hard packed snowball and he tells the story really well <laughs> yeah and then after i got hit i could swear i heard some giggling off on the <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and there's we were the only car in the whole parking lot it was pretty deep snow. It was just after just after a good snow in the Rocky Mountains. So we were going through, what, 10 to 14 inches yeah. of powder. But it was later in the day, so all the snow had fall, fallen off the trees from the wind already. And it was melting pretty good. Yeah, it was a bright, sunny day. And it had been in an area where we had researched in the past and found uh, some tree structures that were built in the shape of a corral. There were fenced off areas and stuff. And this is in the middle of the woods. And I cannot figure why a human would go back there. Well, first a human couldn't lift these big trees, right. but they were stacked three and four tall. And like I said, in a corral shape and stuff. And uh, we started thinking back, well, the American Indians, the native Americans would do that too. And then, like heard the elk and the buffalo in and that was their hunting grounds and so we're putting two to two together and we come up with a theory that the sasquatch possibly do the same thing especially since we found uh elk remains near these these corrals or elk uh, tripping fences or whatever they are yeah like a full skull and spine 
Oh, okay. So, I mean, you know, good pieces that a hunter would have taken away or a car another carnivore opportunistic would have, you know, shaken them separate or, or something. So this, you know, some of them almost looked like they had been butchered. Hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's so they, it's um, so you see that like, up like real high, do they ever, is there any kind of like waterways through there that you guys have that, you know, that you find similar, you know, things down there as well maybe they go fishing or you know whatever yeah there's in our main area there's a creek there's actually about three creeks that run kind of in a triangle around this area that we're at and we have found uh packed down bedding areas down around in the trees off of the creek one time that day matter of fact that i got hit or the week before i got hit with the snowball uh, right next to the creek bed, we found a whole pile of hair. There were no bones or anything, but it looked like yeah. elk or deer hair, and it, it was just kind of scattered throughout. And uh, just uh, different, we call trackways, right. where uh, we don't think they're, they're everyday use game trails or anything because they're not rutted out. That's one of the ways that we tell uh, game trail from like an elk trail elk kind of spread out in a way they don't follow the same trail constantly like deer do right. and because a deer trail will basically be rutted out up here and uh we find trails that are packed down we call them sasquatch highways okay yeah oh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah and they're always leading these sasquatch highways basically lead to from one structure and our our way of searching research is we'll follow one structure that leads to another structure to another structure right and we don't go out and like some of these other guys and do nothing but videos of tree structures here and tree structures there <laughs> ours yeah. yeah ours is just our journey on on how we're trying to find them and stuff and it, right. it's worked out i mean we find stuff yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see. I mean, I was watching your guys' videos this past week. Um, and so, like, I'm as far as structure-wise, you know, you see the zones, like, where they sleep. You can see, like, like the bedding on the ground as well. Um, as far as the corrals, things like that, what, you know, what other kind of structures do you mostly see out there as well? We see a lot of um, <clears throat> teepees, and they're different from like the normal ones that a Boy Scout would make, because number one, they're always built around a tree in the center. Right. So there's no ground space that it can actually be used for any kind of habitation. There's no room to lay down in it. Um, they're generally too small for more than two, two or three people to get in, hmm. um, let alone lay down in it. And these, this, we call them sticks, but actually the tree limbs and tree portions that are used to build them are they're too large for more than, I mean, you'd have to have a big group of people making these things right. and they're generally broken, not sawed. Some are, are cut, but we figure that Sasquatch is opportunistic. If you can see a cut piece of tree, you know, why not take it and use it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, Tony has actually been plotting these on a GPS and they generally follow a, just off of a ley line. So they, they follow like a power line in the earth. And they're not, you know, directly, you know, not 
completely straight line, but they, you know, they only veer off just a little bit. So we can pretty much plot if we find two, where about the next one will be. Hmm. And it's, it's proven pretty accurate. Yeah, um, they're within 200 yards off of a ley line, actually within, yeah, about 200 yards. And they're, nice. they're small enough that they can't be used for habitation. So we figure it's, they've got some sort of spiritual spiritual hmm. connection because of the feelings that you get when you're you're near when you're near one right you know you know some of them are totally old and dead you know nothing's been there for a long time but if it's got any kind of active use like when we saw be we pretty much saw it being built we watched it being built over a period of about four weeks we kept going back and more more sticks got added to it each time and that one the feeling when you walked in it even registered on some of our electronic gauges the electromagnetic field as you were going in. And it's just such a piece of such a yeah, feeling of peace and security and serenity and happiness that, you know, it's, so I'm thinking that they have to have some sort of spiritual purpose for them. Right. I don't think they're habitations of any kind. Hmm. Yeah, it is odd. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And we haven't found a fire ring around any of them. Yeah. They're, Usually, if it's if it's for camping or, or bushcraft or something, they usually have a fire ring. Right. They've had a fire. We haven't found any that had a used fire ring. We did find one that had a fake fire ring in it. Hmm. And other researchers feel, and as we do, that it's a fake fire ring because they're mimicking us. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe yeah, to yeah. throw us off so people will think, oh, a human made this, there's the fire ring. Right. Or, you know, um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we also find some, some structure, you know, there's the classic X, okay. you know, and then we'll find um, lean-tos. lean-tos and we'll find um, really small ones that are just, you know, they've got to be some sort of communication between them that we don't right. understand. Or they, we could just have happened upon an artist's studio and, you know, one of them's into the arts because some <laughs> of them are really intricately wound, you know, woven. And, oh, yeah, on the teepees, none of them are, uh, they're not, none of them offer any shelter from, from the climate. There's no, I mean, wind and rain can go right through it. And if somebody was going to build one to habitat, they would, you know, windproof it at least. Right. Oh, that's what I forgot about the teepees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, we, crazy. we find a lot of structure. I mean, just watch our videos. You'll see they yeah. come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, that's so. So I would say, um, as you guys are climbing throughout out the hills out there, is is do you guys see like a lot of pushed over trees? Is it like showing that that, that someone actually pushed them down and it wasn't just you know the weather or anything like that? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that we do is we try to debunk everything that we find. Right. Uh, up here in the high Rockies, some, we do have like microbursts that will come in and it's like a mini tornado. And it, right. if it comes down and lands, you can always tell because the trees are just mangled and downed and stuff. Right. And uh, one of the things in when we do find these structures, we try to rule out the, the human aspect in them. Uh, we try to look at the root balls and the ground underneath the root balls to see if maybe it grew there. Right. Usually there'll be a hole 
And if there's not a hole, we kind of dig up because the compost will fill that hole in. Okay. But if it's still solid ground underneath that root ball that's up in the air, right. there's no way that it actually would have came from that exact spot. So our feeling is that it was dragged in. Okay. So, and there'll usually be a bunch of them that doesn't look man-made. It looks out of, out of normal right. to us. And so that's what we're looking for, stuff that's out of the normal. Huh. Yeah, is it, is it more trees? Is there like stones that are also carried in or how does, or like large boulders <laughs> in this case? <laughs> we find some very large rocks Right. placed on top of a stump something that would take you know three guys your size and age to get up there right. at least and then why would you do that yeah oh, <laughs> and we yeah. find rock stacks uh well off the trail <laughs> well off the trail we found one rock stack here last month right and unfortunately it was at a rest stop but it was off to the side and there's a creek running back behind well, last year we found actual footprints down in a, a bog area, but it was too wet that we couldn't pour because we took our uh, uh, plaster uh, casting material with us. Right. But it was the footsteps were just made that morning, had to have been just made that morning because they were starting to fill in with the silt and stuff. But at the beginning of this rest area, there was a big flat rock. And there was rocks stacked and not in a pyramid. These were stacked on top of each other. Right. And like what, five high this one was. And then the top rock was kind of a flat rock and it was standing on its end, almost perpendicular up and down on the very top. And that took some real skill to do. Right. And where we go in the winter, it's not used a lot by people during the winter because it's relatively inaccessible. But we've got, you know, a nice four-wheel drive truck and Tony's great in the snow. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, while people had been by to use it, it's not a place where you'd want to spend a couple of hours stacking rocks. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Now, I can't even... So, like you mentioned during the winter, um, is I guess I would say, is there more of like time of year where you see more activity going on or is it just kind of constant yearly? For us, we've actually found evidence throughout the, the season. Right. The one spot that we like to go to, our, our main spot, unfortunately the road does get snowed in so we can't get back to it most of the time. Right. And so we'll get as close as we can and we'll walk in and, uh, it was last year we did find some footprints and that was at the end of the season. There were still about eight inches of snow on the ground. We did find some 15 inch footprints and some six inch footprints. Hmm. And we followed, uh, there's a lot of moose up there, a lot of elk, and we have followed some uh, moose tracks one day, but the moose tracks all of a sudden got bigger. Oh. Yeah. And we've studied the tracks and stuff uh, on trackers websites so we kind of know what we're looking at but these foot tracks that we were looking at that turned bigger almost looked like a moose moose track with a bare foot track over it 
So it was like something was following and stepping in the moose tracks themselves. And we put the question out on uh, over the internet from other researchers, do Sasquatch follow in the snow uh, elk and moose and bear prints? Because we thought, well, at first we thought, well, maybe it's a, a, a bear. Right. And, but there was no claws in it. And these were actually longer and thinner than a bear print. And that would have had to have been a heck of a stride on that bear. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, were, they were a good five feet apart. I mean, a person could not have done that. And, you know, like moose, they'll step the front front hoof and then the rear hoof will follow in that same track just a little bit behind it. Right. And so that's that's why sometimes moose tracks can be confused for Sasquatch. And I think that's why Sasquatch might use them. They're the right length apart and they're the right size. And when you walk in the snow, don't you follow tracks already made? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like I said, these these prints were right on top of because we followed the moose prints down a hill and then like i said they all of a sudden got longer and deeper and we followed them for what another 50 feet or so and then all of a sudden the moose prints started back up again (laughs) and the bigger deeper prints kind of disappeared and actually it was going over a tree so we don't know if it might have stepped on a tree and veered off but after we put the question out there, some researchers come back and said, definitely they do follow in the footprints of other animals. Right. So that's what we feel. Uh, we got some pictures of it that were in one of our videos, but we, we feel that's what happened. That's crazy that, you know, to think that they actually think that way, you know, so where they would want to cover their tracks just to make sure that nobody's, nobody can tell what it is. That's, that's just amazing to me. That's crazy. Um, no, so, so you mentioned that. So like, have you ever had any kind of, so I was actually speaking with a gentleman by the name of dark waters. I don't know if you've ever heard of him on YouTube. Um, so he tells a lot of stories about like paranormal dogman, Bigfoot, stuff like that. Um, and he had, I won't tell his story cause he actually has a whole interview about it, but there was a story of Bigfoot that actually, multiple Bigfoot that had actually come out of the hills. I'm not exactly sure where it was, um, the story, but they were coming up to houses like at night. Um, and he even he even believed, uh, after speaking to the sheriff, I believe, and another individual who worked for one of the banks out there, um, that those particular Bigfoots had actually taken the family that lived in that house because um, they were just gone like, he would, after they went into the house, there was every, everything was there as if that the, the people that had owned the house were there like 20 seconds ago and they were just gone. Um, and so there was a whole thing with the story. If anybody wants to go back and actually hear it, you can go to his uh, YouTube channel at Dark Waters channel um, and you can hear that story. It's a crazy story. We actually interviewed him. He told that story on our show as well. Um, but it's it's just crazy. Have you guys ever been? followed or anything like that say i guess back to the house or you know things like that uh we live pretty far from our research area so they'd have to they'd they'd have to go about an hour and a half drive to get to our house so we haven't been followed home (laughs) but while out camping right we have had them come right in up to the motor motor home right uh last year i was up uh, with Connie Willis on her show and uh, 
Bobo from Finding Bigfoot was there also. We were, he was with us, and uh, we had a 30-foot motorhome. Okay. And so it was the second night, I believe, we had set up at a camp at a campsite, right. and uh, had things was seeing high shine through the trees and hearing some different noises out in the forest and stuff. Right. Well, I, I had gone in and went to bed, lay down on the couch on the side, and Connie was up on the top bunk. And this was about 2.30 in the morning, if I'm not mistaken. But I had just I had just fallen asleep. I was trying to sleep light so that I could hear stuff going on outside. Right. Bobo was in a tent farther out. And all of a sudden, about 2.30 in the morning, there was a ruckus. Something had slapped bare palmed the side of the motorhome right above my head and it, it <laughs> and it was loud it shook the stove because the stove was right there and i i sat up and yelled an expletive <laughs> and connie didn't even hear it <laughs> bobo was like i said he was about 25 feet away from the motorhome he heard it, but he thought it was us inside. Right. And so uh, that was no problem. And then two nights later, we had moved to another campsite about a mile down the road. And <laughs> if the same thing didn't happen again. Uh, so, yeah, it came in. And in that area, it's supposedly the same clan because they can travel miles in right. real fast. And this is a pretty active area up there where we were. But two nights, the side of the motorhome gets slapped. And it's a going thing up there. It happens all the time. And a lot of people, just regular campers, don't report it. There's been people actually <laughs> pack up in the middle of the night after this stuff happens and they leave. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and we have found tents. Yeah, we have found abandoned tents yeah. out in the middle yeah. of the forest. I bet. And wondered, you know, what's going on? And then you start looking, and the, the tent is just shredded here and there. But that could be a mountain lion. You try and get to the food or a bear or something. But why would somebody leave their sleeping bag, their packs, their tent? A cooler. Right. And split. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, that's what I would have done. <laughs> but, I mean, I... It's 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 been a long time since I've actually gone any kind of camping. I mean, I, I did things here and there when I was in the military, but you know, there was nothing like to go out there and just kind of stay for a weekend, you know, things like that. Um, but hearing things in the woods is kind of one of my ultimate fears. You have no idea what's out there. You're out there in the middle of nowhere, all by yourself. I mean, there could be anything out there in those trees. Um, it could right. be, you know, it could be. Bigfoot, or it could just be regular animals, you know. But the the fact that you just don't know what's out there and you can't see anything—that's just kind of that, that does it for me out there. I don't know. We don't go by ourselves. No, uh, not <laughs> well, anymore. Yeah. And I do carry, but that yeah. I carry because of what else is out there. Yeah. Uh, not because of the Sasquatch themselves, but. Right. Uh, in almost every area we've gone to, we have found cat scat. Mm -hmm. And uh, at certain times of season, the black bears, it's the males you have to worry about unless it's a female with cubs. Right. And we haven't run across that. But at certain times, uh, at the beginning of spring, 
the males are out looking for for a mate and the male black bears have been known to kill cubs just to to mate with the female and stuff so the males can get pretty vicious at that time so yeah that's the gun my carry is basically for that right and we do talk to the trees people think we're talking to trees but we're not we're talking <laughs> to the forest people and right. letting them know the gun isn't for you we mean no harm right uh, we do believe that there are good and there are bad just like in humans mm-hmm. there's good and bad in every every animal in the world you know right and we do believe there's probably bad sasquatch out there and the stories of humans disappearing and stuff yeah I'm not always sure that's Sasquatch. It's not all all Sasquatch. We do believe it, it's happened and stuff, yeah. but uh, there are vicious ones. <laughs> they, 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 they prank. We get rocks thrown at us, a snowball and stuff, but then we thank them, you know, we say right. thank you. And like I said, after I got hit with a snowball, I could swear I heard giggling coming from <laughs> top of the hill. <laughs> and we haven't been bum rushed or anything yet so right. when that happens it'll just be an experience yeah <laughs> no it's it's um it's definitely an experience it's so like i mentioned um there this gentleman by the name of dark waters on if you ever get a chance to go on his actual youtube channel he has a story on there as well about a group of uh gentlemen that i guess they used to do like like mercenary work um and they were actually out in the jungle i think i want to say like venezuela somewhere like that and they actually had an encounters with groups of bigfoot like i think it was like 14 15 of them um and they had to fight their way out to get back down river um and it was a crazy crazy encounter um for them i think only like two of them actually survived out of like six or seven of them um but that that whole story is it's like an hour long and it's just a crazy story um they were actually going to war with with all these bigfoot out there in the woods and you know they had to kill a bunch of people and they had to kill a bunch of bigfoot to get out it's just a crazy crazy story but i'd highly recommend his channel for that um watch that yeah. dog man bigfoot stuff like that he actually speaks about it. it's crazy a lot of stuff happening in mississippi um with with the whole dog man and bigfoot thing um them going to war with each other out there in the woods stuff like that it's just craziness actually and it's weird it's just happening in mississippi it's like this one area i don't know what it is i guess it's just um because there's like a lot of native americans out there at that time and they have a bunch of stories and they're just kind of concentrated in this one area but it's just like bigfoot killing dogman dogman killing bigfoots but you know back and forth the whole time and uh that's just one place i'll never go I don't know what it is about Mississippi, but you know, there's a lot of stories <laughs> that he has there about these kinds of things, and it's just concentrated there. And, and I, I don't know, you know, why, but it's it's definitely something to look at. It's, it's crazy stories out there. <laughs> yeah, but there um, are a lot of stories out there, and a lot of bad stories and stuff. Yeah. A lot of stories about hunters with uh, uh, that have had activity with them being scared and a lot a lot of people come down with the the ptsd over them right and uh if you if you think what we the way that we think is that a lot of these stories that are coming out of the 
the hunters that uh, have interaction with them. And uh, there's one thing in common there, and that's they're all carrying guns. Right. And we think that it could be Sasquatch telling them, hey, you're killing our food out here. You know, we don't like it, or you're shooting. You actually shot it my son or my daughter or something we can't be sure but that has we feel that that has something to do with it uh we feel they're real territorial right and so if they're there in a certain area and say like here in colorado people are moving in and building homes up in the mountains everywhere right then all of a sudden they got bears moving in mountain lions moving in they're finding big barefoot footprints in their yard and stuff well they were there first and now yeah. you're building in their backyard so you either learn to live with them or don't come house down and move <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, they're definitely taking over their land out there i mean it's definitely something you have to learn to live with if you're going to go ahead exactly. and move out there it's exactly because it's that's what, yeah, I'm sorry, that's what we try to do is we try to get along we try to get along with what's out there. Right. If it's not them, and then it's definitely something else. And bears don't have the articulation, I guess it's called, to build the stuff that's being built. Right. We don't have any. I've, I've asked around, and the Boy Scouts don't go out and build these structures out in the middle of the forest hmm. where we're at. The First Nations don't go out there. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we feel that well we've seen a couple things so we know that they're there oh yeah but it's getting along with them is what we're trying to do to further it's our journey to to find the truth also i think a lot of it has to do with the way you know some areas are known for having you know really friendly loving sasquatches and then others are known for you know they're always at war with something i think it has to do a lot with their um interaction with people throughout the last few centuries because they're going to pass stories down just like we do so if the indians and the sasquatch you know battled constantly you know over something well then of course their offspring and their you know generations following are going to look at people a lot different from the native americans who perhaps fished next to them right and so i think you know that that has a lot a lot to do with with how how they act you know, sure. cause we'll listen to stories from, um, one gal in New Mexico, is she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how, you know, people fear them and, you know, the Navajo stories of the Sasquatch are, you know, they're, they're fighting over something where you sure. go up to the Pacific Northwest where they, they look at them as, um, and just another tribe. And, you know, they used to, you know, fish together and gather together. And the stories up there are much more friendly and, the attitudes you know between the two areas so i think it's it's the way the different regional it's regional and how they're going to behave and so far we've been lucky and i don't think the colorado indigenous tribes you know warred too much with sasquatch because they haven't like thrown anything at us to actually hurt us i mean if they wanted if they wanted to get rid of us i mean we're we're two old people and you only have so many shots in your gun and so many extra clips (laughs) you know so you know if they wanted to get rid of us we would have been gone they could have had us a long time (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i mean especially a couple weekends ago this one could have 
had us, we came face to face with one. Yeah. And if he'd have wanted us gone, there would have been yeah, nothing we could do. He was only about do. 50 feet away when, when I first spotted him. Right. And he was big. Uh, I was saw big. him from about the knees up, and that was about six, six and a half feet. Mm. And from 50 feet away, and it was it was just at dusk. It was just start. It was still light enough, but the sun was going down over the mountains. But he stepped out behind a big tree and just stood there, and he was kind of doing this number. And Ingrid stood up and. She goes, you see something, don't you? And I said, yeah, right where you just heard something. And so she turned around and she goes, oh, my God. It was huge. <laughs> it was massive. And if he'd have wanted to, he could have had, had us in five, five steps. steps. I mean, we and there would have been nothing we could do about it because we had just taken the dog for a walk. So I didn't even have my bear spray with me, or you know, camera. or camera. We've or never had felt the need. We've never felt the need when we've had, we've had two Two full body sightings now and we've had a camera but we've never lifted the camera up to take a picture that, that <laughs> yeah, comes yeah. Up here. Yeah. and uh yeah it's just it, it's never come we're just so astonished at our at what we're looking at yeah your your brain is still trying to figure out what it is you're seeing yeah and you're not you're not you're not your cognitive thinking is just uh you know it's it's gone it's gone you yeah. know yeah. Yeah, and Ingrid, she she took a couple steps because we were on a uh, it was a little hill, and Ingrid okay. walked to the, the edge of the hill, and she's trying to look a little closer to see if she could see facial expressions and stuff because it was like I said, it was standing behind a tree in in the shadow, and it was at dusk, and, but the head was just huge, and the right. body the body was so wide that. The shoulder, one of the shoulders was still behind the tree. But when she walked forward a little bit, it kind of leaned over like this, and then it stood straight up. And once it stood bigger. straight up and got bigger, man, <laughs> I, I stopped moving closer. I didn't oh, yeah. back up, but we just stood there and just looked at it. And it looked at us. I, we had to have startled it, surprised it. It couldn't have known we were there. I mean, we just stared at each other for. I don't know, maybe 30 seconds. And then we got the idea that the visit was over and we just said, thank you, turned around and walked the dog back to the camper because it was at a, on a camping trip. <laughs> yeah. And we were with, like I said, we were with a lot of experienced researchers and stuff. And when we went back up there, because we always do reenactments also. And when we walked back up there, there was nothing down there because we thought, okay, we saw a stump. Mm. And Ingrid thought maybe the motion of it was tree branches blowing in the wind. Okay. I told her, I said, there was no wind at the time, though, here. There yeah. wasn't, and there was there was no stunt. You always have to go back and look again, or, you know, it could have been anything. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, so if you, if you don't try to debunk your own stuff, if everything's Sasquatch, nothing is Sasquatch. Right. So you try to disprove it with the fervor the same fervor that you want to believe it. <laughs> there was no stomp down there. There was no stomp. And we did find footprints down yeah. there on that hole. Uh, there was a boggy area down there too. And we found footprints going into the bog and coming out of the bog. We always find and, footprints uh, near water sources. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was an experience that uh, even the dog was spooked. Yeah. Mm. The dog was definitely trying to get us out of there. That's definitely that's a, that's definitely one of the signs that you know that there's actually something going on because you know you 
dogs, cats, they, you know, they kind of feel what's going on out there. Birds as well. Like if something's out there, you, you hear stories where like bugs and birds, they just go quiet. And that just means there's something moving into the area because, you know, they're not making any noise either. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's one thing we always keep our ears open to the wildlife too, because when everything goes silent, yeah. then we know that something's in the area yeah. that shouldn't be there or is uh, bigger than everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they know, they know not to say anything either. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, so these areas that you guys are in, is there, I mean, aside from yourselves and, you know, like other researchers that you guys take out there, is there like heavy foot traffic through there, like other humans, or is this just kind of an area that you guys are, it's just way out there? Where we hike is away from the campgrounds. Right. Like yesterday, when we went to the top of the, what we, what we named Squatch Mountain, right. Right. Uh, it's like two and a half miles to the top from from where we parked the car we walked down and end up the side of the mountain it's two and a half miles so right. there's not very much foot traffic up there at all now some of the our specialty is campground campsites right uh we have found a lot of structure outside of campsites like uh, the teepees mm-hmm. are within a half a mile from campsites uh but it's through rugged terrain. There's not like a campsite and then a trail. Here's the TV. Right. It's, it's off off the main trails. All of it's off the main trails. But and there are always people elevated. around. Yeah. But, and like I said, around campsites, dispersed campsites mostly. And we've, one of our theories is that they're mimicking the campers with some of the stuff that we're finding, like a, the lean-tos and stuff. Right. And uh, the fake fire pits that we find. There's no scorching. These things have never had a fire in them at all. Hmm. And we kind of have a feeling that they're mimicking the, the campers for some right. reason. But yeah, there's, there's really no... We're not young and healthy enough to actually get out to the <laughs> way back part of the Rockies where there, are, where there haven't been people, you know, except for, you know, young explorers. You know, hmm. we're... So we're going to stick close to where we're within, you know, a three hour hike of the car, right. you know, so we're going to, it's, there's enough encroachment into that area with people hiking and camping that you're not going to get completely away from it unless you're, you know, going on a three day hike and that's three days out and three days back. Sure. You know? So yeah, there's always people around, but not where exactly where we are. If that makes any sense, was I clear mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's going to draw them in too. We we feel that they come in to to watch the campers. Right. Were their com- were their entertainment? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they laugh at us. They have yeah, to. I'm sure. <laughs> I <Yeah>. would. <laughs> <laughs> All these crazy humans they not here. And I yeah. think they like the smells of the cooking too. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, they, they they eat for taste, I'm sure, just as well as nutrition, just like people do, you right. know? So that smells good. <laughs> and it's, so I'm in these areas you mentioned before that, you know, you hear stories of people missing out there. Is that, is there like, like a bunch of stories in, in that area or is it just kind of spread out throughout the Rockies as well? It's pretty much spread out. Right. Uh, we are south. One of the biggest areas of missing people in Colorado 
is uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. Right. And that's up farther north of us. And we're down in basically central Colorado. There have been missing hunters come up down there. Uh, but we're not going to blame it on Sasquatch. Because <clears throat> it could have been a mountain lion. It could have been falling off of a cliff or something. Right. But another thing is that in a lot of the cases where people come up missing is also pretty big and paranormal, like UFO activity and stuff. Right. Uh, north, northwestern Colorado is really known for UFOs and, and this and that. And same with uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. There's been a lot of UFO sightings. So we don't. We don't think it's so much Sasquatch as possibly something else. Right. If you believe in, you know, the UFOs coming down and stealing people out of their beds, perhaps they're coming down and stealing one hunter out of five, you right. know, in a tree stand um, and doing experiments. And sometimes they give them back and sometimes they don't. I mean, you know, and then a lot of times, you know, where you hear that, you know, that after three days of extensive search, they find you know, like their the clothes, shoes. all like yeah. their shoes, you know, right there off the side of a trail with all of their stuff. Okay. We think that that Sasquatch putting their stuff back saying we didn't take it, but here's what we found of them. Right. You know, that's, that's kind of where we are with that. If any, you know, but I don't think it's Sas. you know, Sasquatch might steal one or two people for a day or two to play with them, but I think he gives them back. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. so. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the little boy in I believe it was Pennsylvania said that he was he was missing and he spent time with bears. Bear a bear took him in and took care of him. Right. Yeah. And returned him. Yeah, okay. right in the middle of this whole search area. Okay, a bear is gonna take care of a child for a few days and then put him back where he's already been searched. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing that story. It's those so like it so that's it's it's those those stories that um i'm sure you're you're familiar with uh david politis as well so he has you know those those stories as well and i'm actually following some of the stories that he has out lately um i think there's about three or four missy people that he's actually tracking right now which we're yeah. very interested in as well um but yeah that would seem to be i mean what what else could it be i mean i i, I can't imagine that it would be any kind of animal you know like like a bear or things like that that would take somebody take care of them feed them or whatever and then bring them back right in the middle of where everybody's at like say they're, they're doing a search in that area and then they just happen to find the kid like there you know exactly it's that's just kind of like that just would never happen if you were with a bear you would hear the bear you could smell the bear you know, yeah things like that it's just it's just things that absolutely make no sense whatsoever that's yeah that's so it's it's like so uh, I wouldn't say as well that the Bigfoot would be taking people. Maybe here and there they, you know, they happen to come across a hunter that's trying to shoot at them for whatever reason. And, you know, they're aware of what a gun is, I'm sure, because um, they've, they've probably been shot at throughout history over and over again. So um, maybe they, you know, they run into a hunter that shoots at them and, you know, they take offense and, you know, things happen, obviously. But for the most part, I mean, I, I, I couldn't see a Bigfoot, you know, taking somebody and then just not bringing them back for you know for whatever reason um but i mean 
weirder things have happened <laughs> out there. Um, I'm sure maybe once in a while here and there, but yeah, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I don't think it's David Polites for one missing right. 411 comment. Seriously, I don't. Yeah. A lot of it could be just people getting lost. Yeah. And, you know, disoriented for whatever reason, lack of water can make you do strange things. Lack of sleep can make you, you know, do strange things, you know, and also, you know, the UFOs can yeah. make you do strange, you know, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's Sasquatch and he has never come out and said right. he believes That's it's Sasquatch. No. Yeah. He has never come out and blamed Sasquatch by name. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely following, I mean, he has that, the, his other research that he has where they're actually looking for Bigfoot as well, um, which is great. I've actually, they, they made some breakthroughs with that as well. So um, I'm curious to see what that leads to, but um that's definitely, yeah, he, he's definitely never mentioned Bigfoot in anything. Um, but it's just interesting to think, you know, because you, you guys speak about in some areas that they're more evil than others, like in more areas, things like that. So it's probably just a case of which part of the country you're in, obviously. Um, but in that, you know, that neck of the woods that you guys are in, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's anything nefarious going on with them. Um, so, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them on the list of suspects out there. <laughs> They're, they're not the first first thing I would look look at. I mean, you know, there's also mean, bad people out yeah. in the woods. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, they take people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They, they, do, they do some, you know. So I would look there before I would look at Sasquatch. I mean, but, you know. And the difference, like, like I said, it's, uh, a lot of it's regional also. Yeah. And uh, there are actually, there's supposedly 10 different types of, Bigfoot and I know that two of them from my research two to three of them are pretty vicious and those come basically more east and north like Michigan Minnesota and there are some like Louisiana and Arkansas um, that are pretty pretty wicked I wouldn't want to run into one by myself at nighttime. (laughs) (laughs) But we've never been threatened here. I'll put, I'll I'll leave it at that. And I'm more afraid of the mountain lions than I am of the Sasquatch. Sure. And nobody, there's no proof that they still actually exist, except for us researchers that are out and claim that, well, we've, you know, we've seen, I've seen two of them now. Mm -hmm. And they have never done it. They've never tried to harm me. Sure. Uh, Ingrid has seen three of them now, and she's still sitting here. So. Yeah. <laughs> and if they wanted to take take us out at any point, I mean, they could have. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't say I, you know, I got away from it. Well, are you sure you got away, or he just let you go? He'll let you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely just let he'd you. He'd have go. wanted you. He'd have had you. <laughs> yeah. You know. So yeah. Yeah, sort of like it's sort of like a mountain lion. You don't know one's gonna attack you until he's so already on your back. You. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, so, you, so you mentioned um, that there's no, you know, like other kind of proof besides you know you guys going out there and doing that uh, work of you know for yourselves. But do you guys kind of lean more towards um, Bigfoot, Sasquatch being kind of like the missing link between humans, or did they come from like another? Like, like in space, like other people say, you know, that they're actually aliens as well. Where do you guys kind of fall on that? We actually both, we kind of differ in our beliefs. Yeah. We each have a different opinion on this. So I'll let Tony go <laughs> yeah. first. We do believe, both of us do believe they are flesh and blood. 
Okay. Okay. My their my thinking is that they come they they're people right. in my in my opinion and they they're they've come down to from biblical times on down. Right. I've I've studied the book of Enoch a little bit and on the other side I've studied the lost book of uh, Anki, mm -hmm. which is the ancient astronaut side right. with the Anunnaki and then on the Enoch side the Nephilim. Right. If you if you study both, at least to me they're they're the exact same book. It's just interpretation and uh, and belief. And right. I honestly feel that they're they've come down through the times and they've been said to come back after the flood and stuff, and they're still here just like us. We're still here from the big biblical times and they just happen to survive just like the humans right. and since they are through different dna testing they are like what 97 percent human and three percent other something yeah not of this earth not of this world and could that be angelic could it be astronomical or out of this not from this earth right we don't know because we just something don't know. Put, there's nothing to put up against you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my thinking anyway. Right. So right. I, I lean towards the Nephilim uh, biblical sense of it. Right, right. And I think they are an animal. Um, a lot of the human, like the Erickson Project, they got DNA. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Dennis Fole and the whole yeah. Pancake mm -hmm. House and all that. Okay. Yes, you know, since they got DNA, the, the human DNA could be, you know, maybe thousands of years ago, there was some crossbreeding, mm. you know? Um, and, you know, the, the humans went one way through time and the Bigfoot Sasquatch went another way and they are another, they're another animal in the woods. Right. They're incredibly intelligent. They're, I think they can do things with their brains that people forgot how to do um, because it wasn't, you know, um, through a lot of different things, you know, like religion and social norms and constrictions. There's a lot of things that we have forgotten how to do that they have practiced and honed through the years. So I think they're another animal in the woods, um, but they're, they're highly intelligent and highly advanced for for what we think of animals in the woods so i wouldn't compare them to a bear or a deer or mm. a mouse or an ape or an ape i don't i don't think they're they're anywhere in the ape family whatsoever any more than we are i mean they're as ape as we are right um, but i i'm don't see the biblical connection the way tony does um i could see how it could exist right but i haven't i have I'm firmly on the fence. I'm firmly on the fence. But they're they're definitely a flesh and blood creature yeah. that can be killed. I don't think they live forever. I don't think they travel through 29 different dimensions, you know, and they're here today and they come back last Thursday or, you know, they're here today and come back next Wednesday, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm not in in that camp at all. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely I mean I I only ask because it's you know, nobody ever seems to find like any kind of remains like you know after they die maybe 
maybe they just kind of take them away or, you know, they hide the bodies or they, they bury, you know, bury like them. That. They bury them and they put a, a friend of ours, um, Tom Cantrell up in the Pacific Northwest. He's written several books and his website is Tom Cantrell, T-H-O-M. Um, he says he has spent lots of time with them and he has done extensive research on them. Okay. Um, he believes that they are buried and then huge boulders placed on top That's of them. Tom. As a monument. As a monument. And so you're, you know, so if they, if they bury, they're dead and their grave markers are a huge tree or a huge boulder, you know, that's not what we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you knew where to look, there's no way to get underneath it anyways. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it takes heavy equipment. I mean, yeah. if you get 20 of these things together, they can move a pretty big rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, I'm kind of, you know, leaning towards his idea of where the bodies are and also actually how many full bear carcasses have been found. How right. many full elk carcasses have been found? I mean, we know they're out there. We know they exist. You know, why aren't we finding their bodies everywhere? Sure. Yeah. Even if they died out in the middle of nowhere, who's going to find them out there? It's, you know, even if they didn't bury them, you know, they're just going to be out there. Other animals are going to come by and then they're just going to take pieces of it. And, and that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, no one's going to know. <laughs> Our cemetery could be in a cave. Yeah. yeah. That? <laughs> I mean, there are, there are gold mines and different kinds of mines scattered throughout this whole state, right. uh, all along the Rocky Mountains from New Mexico to Canada and stuff and the, the cave systems all the natural cave systems the across the around the world right. i mean you know they there could be anything down there and you know there aren't that many splunkers around to find them yeah <laughs> i'm not going down there. i'm not going no. down there <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anybody wants to go down there i'm happy with my life above ground <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> splunkers those guys are crazy and i would never do yes, anything like that <laughs> yeah you crazy. might run across a Sasquatch graveyard, and I don't think I'd want to come across the night guardsman. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely. It's no, 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 I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 creepy just to think about. I mean, just imagine maybe you come across one, and you kind of take a bone out of the graveyard or something, and then they're you know they come after you for <laughs> just to get it back. I mean. Oh, then you deserve it. If yeah, you take anything out of a graveyard, you deserve what's yeah. coming to you, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's stories of ghosts even doing that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. take something out of a Native American, you know, burial ground. I mean, you're going to have bad luck for the next 50 years. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't gift enough tobacco to get that buju off you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh -uh. We, we respect the dead and just leave it at that. Yeah. Take nothing from their their front yard backyard or we wouldn't even take home. a little rock home it's just not gonna happen <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. no we know safe. we've been there we don't need proof <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially if you, you know you guys keep going back every weekend so you know they'll know yeah yeah that's that's one of the reasons why we do keep going back to the same areas and, and we actually had what we thought was uh activity with a a, a family clan in, in one of these areas and we were leaving gifts and we'd go back the next week and the gifts were gone. And, and then we'd go back another week and then we find part one of the gifts at another structure and we'd pick it up and leave more gifts at the one site. So yeah, there were gifts being moved around 
and return. And as the area was changing, it was just, we were getting the feeling. And then Ingrid saw, did see a head pop up over a rock on a, from a, a rock outcropping right above this one teepee where our gifting site was. And so, and we, we get uh, here, the mumbling, the samurai chatter mm -hmm. coming from the hillside. And we got grunts and groans and, but nothing was ever put us into fear. It was right. always uh, welcoming. That's what it was. It was welcoming. One of the grunts was so loud and authoritative that every bird in the forest stopped yeah. the second it The whole it forest did went quiet. Yeah. And it wasn't a bear grunt. You, you've yeah. heard bear grunts. I've heard bear grunts. It wasn't a bear grunt. It was, I don't even think I could have words to describe what, there's nothing to compare it to. Well, it, it wasn't a fearful grunt though. Yeah. It made us feel welcome and thank, it, like it thanked us. It was more of a, than yeah. a, okay, yeah. So you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned gifts. I mean, what kind of gifts, like fruit, food, or, you know, did you guys leave out gamut. there? Yeah. Yeah. We've been trying all sorts of different things. When we first, our first set of gifts uh, was a rock. We found a piece of quartz up there, really nice quartz. So we left it, a piece of obsidian that Ingrid had found, a black, shiny rock. And then we had left, uh, I took some boot laces, some long boot laces, because I wanted to do an experiment. Right. We had heard about them using uh, rope and stuff for lashing in their structures and stuff. And they like to braid horses' manes and tails, but that's another story. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we took some uh, granola bars and stuff. I did take a Snickers, but it didn't last. And, and we really don't like the idea of leaving them sugar. Right. <laughs> uh, but the granola bars, they ended up being gone, huh? And the cantaloupe. The cantaloupe. We left, we've left cantaloupe. That yeah, you don't even find a rind left, but animal, it's, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. Well, the first We've left apples, too. And apples, yeah, but that, they were gone. That yeah. could have been a deer, though, or something. Birds, too, But yeah. the cantaloupe, the first cantaloupe that we found that was touched up there, we just happened to walk up on, and there was a cantaloupe there. Hmm. And as we were walking up, we were, we were actually coming down the side of the mountain, and heard a grunt from down below mm -hmm. and then we heard like a groan and then all of a sudden something running off as we were getting closer so i saw the cantaloupe on the ground and i heard something running off to the side of us so i kind of went off over that direction ran up and i saw shoulders and the head going over a hill and we sat and listened and it doubled back around to where we just came down the mountain and mm. back up into the rock outcropping up above. Well, this cantaloupe was down right next to the teepee that we sat and watched being made. And the cantaloupe was whole and it had a hole on the top that was probably three inches round, but then there was a finger hole in the side of it. Hmm. And there was fingerprints inside of it to where it was like it would push in and it was picking the cantaloupe out and then it would dig it out through the hole mm. that's crazy and yeah it was it was nuts and so we left that cantaloupe there and the next week we took another one 
and the first cantaloupe was gone. That cantaloupe was gone the next week when we went back. Not a rind, like she said, there wasn't a seed, not a rind, nothing left. And we left a cantaloupe there. And that was when we went back. That's when the granola bars were gone. The cantaloupe was gone. Uh, and Ingrid would leave like her rocks and then she would take sticks and make little glyphs around the rocks. Mm -hmm. And so the granola bars were gone. Two of the shoestrings were gone. And we found, like I said, we found one of the shoestrings down at another structure that we always stopped and checked out. But then the, the sticks, the rocks would be moved and the sticks would be moved into a different kind of a glyph. So, so like, not not just kicked, but I mean they were in a another range. Yeah, place, arranged yeah. in a definitive pattern. So just to let you guys know that they're they were there and they saw it. <laughs> that's yeah. what we that's what we think and that's what we're going by. They, yeah. Because one time she left rocks inside of a glyph of a triangle. Right. Well, a triangle in Native American uh, sign language meant home. Okay. And so she left them in a triangle and when we went back one the rocks had been removed mm -hmm. and there was a pine cone left there and the sticks one of the sticks had been removed and the other two sticks were in an x mm -hmm. an x in native american symbolism meant welcome or friendship oh, awesome and so that's that's where we went from there we just yeah. doing it. and then unfortunately the place kind of went went dead vacant very quiet yeah and mm. we haven't had any any more interaction there so we don't know if they've moved on or moved over to the new spot where we're at now or if that place just got too busy with people or because it is much closer to a campground than our normal sites right and so you know it they could have decided that this this is too busy let's you know let's go somewhere else or they might visit it, you know, we just might miss them, you know. They might be off visiting grandma the weekend where there's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we've also left like balls of yarn and I leave variegated yarn, in, which is in a pattern. So you can tell by, you know, just pulling out, you know, more how much was taken. Right. You know, you can. And so like one one piece of yarn, like it was. It was broken and a piece of yarn was left there. But then I could determine that beyond that piece of yarn left there, another seven feet was gone. Mm. So they had taken taken part of it. Right. And so, you know, I liked I like to leave balls of yarn because I figure if nothing else, they can play catch with it and leave it a ball, or they can unwind it and, you know, use it like however they want. Or yeah. just, you know, rip off pieces and you know, I don't know. Yeah, use it for whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever they want. I've given it. It's not my business what they do with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. No, yeah. Man, it's it's definitely um like I mentioned, I would I would definitely like to see one, you know, maybe one day, but I would never go searching for them. Um but I mean, you may, you guys mentioned that you had seen maybe twice and yourself three times, you know, besides that, that one time that you guys had seen them together, you know, can you let us hear like the other stories that you guys had about that? Yeah. See the other times. <laughs> one day we were out there and we were walking, uh, bush, bushwhacking it through 
and ventured up to this one area and there was a big rock outcropping. All, most of our sightings around are around rock outcroppings. And the Rocky Mountains are called, the Rocky Mountains are called Rockies for a reason. They're, they're made out of rocks and the, right. the area we're in, these are granite mountains. Mm. So rock outcroppings are, are very common. It's not your typical rolling hills With of Tennessee. Of yeah, there's a lot of granite and quartz. Yeah. Mm. So we were bushwhacking it through and all of a sudden, we come to this area, this little round group of trees, and there was a fence. Right. There was trees that were built up into a fence blocking us out of this area. We had we couldn't go around because that's how big the fence was. We had to walk back down the trail and then down and then around or crash through the, the fence. And what was funny is that right in the center where we were standing in the fence was an X built into the fence. Okay. And it was weird. And all of a sudden I looked up, Ingrid was about 25 feet behind me and Connie was with us that day and she was about 25 feet farther back down. And I'm looking at this fence and I turn around and said, Ingrid, look at this fence. And she was filming something else. All of a sudden I looked up towards the rocks because I heard a shuffling and there was a rock cliff, a rock face, and there was an aspen, probably about eight inches round, going up. And I saw something standing, it was bipedal, and it was standing behind this tree, and it would peek out like this, and when the head would come out on one side, the butt would stick out from the other side of the tree. <laughs> And I started kind of chuckling to myself, and all of a sudden it would stand up and try to hide. Yeah. And I would lean over like this, and it would peek out again, and the head would come out, and the butt would come out. And I'm sitting there, and I'm moving around, and it would peek out one side of the tree, and then I was playing peekaboo with a Sasquatch. That's right. all I think in my head. And then, what, about 15 minutes? I don't know how And long. I'm kind of, I'm amazed at what I'm seeing. Finally, I turned around to Eager and I said, come up here. And I didn't tell her where, where to look. I just said, look up there and tell me what you see. And so she just looked straight up in the exact place. She goes, it's moving. And I said, where at? She goes, behind that tree. I said, bingo. Yeah. And there so she sat there for about another five to 10 minutes. And we're just sitting there watching. And it's just, it was only about five, five and a half feet tall. So we figured it was a, a, a juvenile. Mm. and finally I told her I said I got and I'm talking to it you know I'm trying to calm it down you know we don't mean no harm uh, we're here with respect we're your friends and this and that and just trying to general conversation with a, <laughs> with a bipedal being that was dark colored hairy no clothes on you know yeah. and I could see the face you know, I saw the brow and the eyes, and the ears were down lower and stuff. And it, it, this one didn't look anything like the one we saw a couple of weeks ago. This one was thinner, mm. and that's why we think it was a juvenile and stuff. And I told Ingrid, I got to, we're about 100 feet away, 80 feet away, so I got to get closer. I got to get a better look. I'm going in. <laughs> I stepped over the fence, over the X. I didn't crash through and bust it all up. I, I stepped over it and stuff. And I told her 
when I left. I said, don't take your eyes off of that. Yeah. I started up towards it, and I got halfway, and it was pretty steep, and I'm going ahead. So I was gasping for air, and I looked up. I stopped and looked up, and it was gone. Hmm. And I turned back around to Ingrid. I said, where'd it go? She says, I don't know. I was too worried about you, so I was watching you. Oh. <laughs> he wasn't stepping over anything. He was tripping over stuff. He was, was, he was, was making noise. He was... Well, I wasn't trying to be quiet. Well, no, it knew you were coming, but yeah. I was... I was watching him and it disappeared. So we get up there to the tree and it was the only tree there for a few feet. And it was about three feet away from the rock face. Right. And the only way that it could have gotten away is to go one way or the other and end up the rocks. Hmm. And so we get up there and right there, right behind the tree, there was foot footprints and shuffling shuffling in the dirt it was there was no pine needles there like was around the area right this was all dirt cleaned off shuffled away and stuff and we haven't seen it since no <laughs> we've, we've looked and we've talked and stuff and we've, we've heard we've heard it up in the rocks or we've heard something and we've seen heads between trees up there in the same basically the same area right so we know it, we know, we feel it's still there. Mm. And uh, probably with its mother and the rest of the clan on that one hillside. Yeah. And he just knows he can't hide behind an eight inch aspen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're always hearing whistles coming from there and wood knocks and grumbling, what right. I call the, the Barney Rubble grumble. Mm. And it's just, it's a, it's a low tone, but we're, we're just mumble. Yeah, that's crazy. It's definitely, um, yeah. I mean, even by by this time, maybe it's 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 grown a lot bigger. I mean, do you see? I mean, have you seen like a lot of juveniles more than adults, or is it kind of more adult than anything else? Well, I think the one we saw two when we were camping was this thing would put the fear of fear of god in anything right um, that had to be that had to be an adult adult male um the peekaboo yeah the peekaboo but and four feet wide i'm not kidding this sucker would have huge yeah and a big head no neck yeah um there was a there wasn't a conical shape to the head though it wasn't you know yeah i mean um your peekaboo buddy was definitely definitely a juvenile um the one we saw at rock hill that i don't know about but the one i saw running across the rock face i would say was a female hmm. there was certain anatomical parts that were bouncing in ways that only females do um, he's a steep 70 days 
65, 70 degree, and she was trying to signal me. She didn't want to yell out, but she was trying to signal me. Well, Ingrid saw her and just happened to look over there and saw her car speeding. Mm. They both told me what they saw. He takes off of this up this hill that's at like a 70 degree angle. You have to grab trees to pull yeah. you up. Well, not all the trees are firmly rooted. Okay. Right. You're going to fall back sometimes. And then there was, oh, Lord, I think it took us half an hour to get to the top. No wonder there was something there when we got there. He, he's already gone down there having dinner. We did find sign that something big went through there. They were snapped off. You, know, you, you could tell by the sign. There was, you know, twigs, there was, you know, tree limbs snapped off, you know, pretty high up, you know, right. and, and breaks and things. It's obvious that something had been through it. Yeah. I did not get a good enough look at it to say for sure what it was. Connie's the one that got the best best visual on it. But I right. saw something moving up and there. We feel fast. that it was part of the clan that we had interactions with the, the year before over at the one. So I just yeah. I won't I won't chase them up the hill like that. <laughs> the next time much, I get... and I'm not really chasing them, I'm following them trying to get a look. Yeah, yeah. He was already at the top of the hill before you took off. He was in the next county. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And do they I mean besides like footprints and things like that, do they leave like hair or anything else that you know you guys have seen out there? We haven't found any hair yet. We do keep looking, and I do carry uh, the latex gloves and an envelope and tweezers to collect. Right. We really haven't looked that hard. Hair just isn't something we think to look for. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to interpret, you know, where they live, how they live, you know, the meanings of the things we find, you know, what their patterns are, you know, if we see you know, footprints, we try to figure out where they were going, you know, and we're trying to learn about them. I don't think we need to prove they exist. Right. We already know they do. And there's a, been a lot of proof and stories throughout the years. So we're more trying to learn about them than mm -hmm. prove them. Sure. And if we get to actually get to know one, yeah. or a clan, we don't have to see them face to face but just interact like we did at, at the one teepee right exchange gifts we would like to receive something of theirs back usually it's just something that they took of ours and then returned or something like that we would like to get something personal back from them it hasn't happened yet yeah but it has happened for others and you know yeah. but the, it takes years to build up that kind of a rapport yeah. i mean you know I figured they've been burned and tricked enough by people throughout the centuries that they're pretty slow with their trust. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we're just, we're more trying to learn about them and, right. and what they do and why they do it. And right now we can only apply our experience to what we find. Sure. You know, uh, you know, my idea that the, um, TPs could be spiritual, could be completely off the wall and have nothing to do with it because I'm, I'm applying my experience to, to what it is. Sure. So we're just, we're trying, we're just trying to learn. Um, yeah. Uh, 
we're not making any money. We don't want any money for what we're doing. Our channel is non-monetized. Sure. We don't sell our T-shirts and stuff. The help, everything comes out of our own pocket. And uh, we've been kind of bashed for <laughs> what we're doing. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> there are some people out there to say that we're nuts for what we're doing. And you don't have to do it because there's already proof. You're going to get hurt. Uh, we don't feel that way. Hey, if we get hurt, or at least we're getting hurt doing something we enjoy. So yeah. Maybe we both look at it. You know? Yeah. Even my kids. I've got a son that lives right down there by you at Fort Worth. Hmm. And every time Ingrid posts up on Facebook, she calls me and she goes, you know what your parents are doing now? I can bet. They know we're out having fun. And if we were to get a, a picture of one up close and stuff, I don't think we would share it. I don't think we'd talk about it at all. Yeah. We'd talk about it with certain people, but we wouldn't let it out into the news or anything else. Because if we did that and then, just too much attention. That whole area, exactly. Yeah. Too much attention. That whole area would be swamped. And we've heard too many bad stories about people that have done that. I mean, look at what the with the Patterson Gimlin film. It's, you know, next to the JFK assassination, it's the most dissected piece of film. And you still got people who swear it's a suit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> people that are bashing Mr. Gimlin for Yeah, we don't want to get into yeah, that. Yeah, for different stuff. But we don't want that. And we're just, our channel is to exchange information and stuff with other researchers. And there's bad people out there that will come on. Even you're going to find out on your channel, people are going to come on and say, oh, that's garbage. This is <laughs> not true. Or <laughs> yep. kind of a dummy are you? And You actually listened to that club trot yeah. for that long and yeah. you pretended like they were serious people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just right. say, <laughs> we give them a like. And Move along. Them yeah, see you guys later. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, it's the, the YouTube channel and everything is just our journey of what we're learning. You know, we figure we're taking you along. We don't know any more than you did when we started, right. you know? So, you know, learn with us, you know? And a lot of, some of our viewers, they can't get out of the house. You know, yeah, they're infirm exactly. and this is their way of getting to hike through the mountains. And if that's why they're there, you know, that's, that's wonderful. That's great. We like, we like helping people that can't get out on their own and stuff. They thank us for it. And that kind of makes us feel good too. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, especially nowadays when everyone's stuck at home and nothing to do really. So it's, exactly. it's getting even worse now. So yeah, I mean, we're shutting down again here in Dallas, uh, you know, even, even throughout all of Texas, they're doing it again. So uh, it's definitely not going to hold over well for a, a lot of us here, but uh, it's, I guess there's not much else we can do about it <laughs> for right now. No, no. If you're pretty much stuck. <laughs> yeah. We've been this way for a while, but yeah. We'll, we'll get better and everybody will get back out into the woods and stuff. So that'll be good. But I mean, so, so you guys were out there yesterday. I mean, you have any plans for next weekend or the weekend after again, you guys will be out there again. Well, next weekend, we're going to go out again and check our gifting area. The weekend after that, we're going to Montana okay. because that is the only state in the union that legally should exist. <laughs> I love Montana. I know I'm talking to a Texan and I said that on purpose <laughs> because I knew he was a Texan. This is the greatest country in the world. 
Texas. Texas is a wonderful, great country. Montana (laughs) is the state with which I am in love. I have respect for other states and admiration, but with Montana, it is love. I've always wanted to go to Montana. It's just, you know, because it's so open. There's no, it's a lot of area out there. I really want to see the stars at night. I mean, here, here in Dallas, you don't get to see the stars because, you know, all the pollution, things like that. But I mean, Montana is probably the only other state that I would visit, not live in, but I would visit just, you know. Oh, if you ever lived there, you wouldn't want to leave. (laughs) I only left because Tony lived in Denver, Colorado, and he couldn't earn a living in Montana. It's all your there's, fault. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no manufacturing in Montana. There is in Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but we are retired. So we go back there twice a year. Um, yeah. But yeah, next weekend we're going to go back and check our gifting area. And to check for more footprints. And check for more footprints because we did find some yesterday. Yeah. And if you watch our video, you will see them. Yeah. It'll be posted later today. Yeah. <laughs> we found a trackway, and we found like a handprint, looks like knuckles right next to a footprint so mm. it's like he went down into a three-point stance or something it was yeah. kind of cool looking yeah. yeah yeah that's crazy and i'll definitely be looking out for that video and <laughs> see what's going on out there <laughs> yeah, it's in the cooker now Should yeah tonight. yeah <laughs> awesome that's definitely that's a- Definitely looking out for that one. But uh, Tony and Ingrid, I really appreciate you guys' time. Um, I'll definitely be glued to you guys' YouTube channel. I, I've already watched all your videos from the start. Um, like, like in two <laughs> days, I started watching all of them. Um, I'll definitely be looking for this new one. Um, I'm always Thanks, interested in Bigfoot, you know, Sasquatch, anything. Um, so that's definitely a big interest of mine. Um, but just let everybody know where they can find you again one more time. Um, YouTube channel, Sasquatch Journey. Facebook group and page, Sasquatch Journey. Twitter, Sasquatch Journ1. And, or just search Sasquatch Journey. I'm pretty sure the little logo will pop up. Right. No, yeah, it's definitely there. <laughs> so yeah. we don't have a web page. We don't see any need for a web page because we're yeah. not selling anything or yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. you need to know about us will be on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Yeah, everybody's on those, so they'll definitely find you guys there. Um, yeah, guys, everybody, you can go ahead and follow them on their social media, us as well, here on Twitter at Defender Podcast, Instagram at Truth Defender Podcast. And like I mentioned before, if you guys want to reach out to us through email, that's thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Uh, you can guys can go ahead and send us any kind of guests or topic of requests. Uh, we'll go ahead and try and get those guys out for you. Um, but like I said, uh, Tony and Ingrid, I really appreciate you guys' time. You guys stay safe out there. Um, make sure you guys let us know what's going on with you guys out there in the woods. Uh, we'll definitely be following closely. And um, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you, bud. If you're ever in Denver, let us know. Absolutely. I'll be stopping by. <laughs> we'll try and get out there and maybe uh, try to find something you know, for ourselves as well. But uh, I really appreciate you guys' time. You guys stay safe. Stay yeah. healthy as well. Um, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Great. Thanks a lot. You have a great afternoon. You too, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.